0: Welcome to A New Creation Podcast. I'm Phyllis and thank you for joining me today. Every episode of A New Creation Podcast is commissioned by the Holy Spirit. It is new and it is from God. Are there times when you say, I know I should be doing one thing, yet you find yourself doing what you don't want to do? The Apostle Paul expressed the same situation about himself. In Romans chapter 7, I'm going to begin with verse 15, and it's the New Living Translation of the Scripture. And it reads, Paul says, I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. And he goes on in in verse number 20. Again, Romans 7, verse number 20, the New Living Translation of the Scripture. And he says, But if I do what I don't want to do, Am I really the one doing wrong? It is sin living in me that does it. And in verse 23, he says, But there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. What is sin? I just want to take a look at that today. I took a look at Strong's Concordance and I looked at the Greek. And it's G266 in case you want to look it up. And the word is hamatia. It's spelled H-A-M-A-R-T-I-A. Hamatia. And it means to miss or wander from the path of uprightness and honor. To do or to go wrong. To wander from the law of God and to violate God's law. It's an offense. It's a violation of the divine law in thought or in act. That's the definition of sin. Now, how did sin enter the world? Romans 5 verse 12. It tells us. Therefore, therefore, Just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. So again, this scripture tells us that through one man, sin entered the world and that one man was Adam, as we know. Now let's take a look in the scripture, the account of how Adam, this one man we're referencing here, allowed sin to enter in the world. We'll take a look at Genesis chapter 3, and it'll be verses 1 through 7, and I'm going to read the King James Version of the Scripture, and it reads, Now the serpent was more subtle, that means cunning, than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said Ye should not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day ye eat of it it thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good, and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together, and made themselves aprons. Again, looking at how sin came into the world. Sin is infectious. It never remains contained within itself. It spreads like a disease. It's like a virus that infects not only those who engage in it, but those who are around it. They're affected as well as future generations. So what we've seen here with Adam and Eve, looking at how sin came into the world, we saw that it began with a conversation that Eve had with the serpent. Now, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 33, he writes this, Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupts good manners. And that's what we saw here with Eve as she engaged with a conversation with the serpent. Now, when Adam sinned, His fellowship with God was broken. Sin entered the earth at that time. It entered the earth realm and death entered afterwards and God banned Adam and Eve from the garden of Eden. So they couldn't by chance eat of the tree of life. If they had eaten of the tree of life, they would have lived forever and their sinful condition would have gone on forever. That sin nature birthed fear and also birthed shame because remember, they covered themselves with leaves when they knew that they were naked. Also, as a result of their sin, the ground was cursed. Adam had to work the land. He had to work it with the sweat of his brow and there were thorns and there were thistles. And also God told him that he would return to the ground from which he came, the dust from which he had come. Now, as for Eve, her sorrows were multiplied during conception and childbirth. So she had pain, she would have pain in childbirth. And both Adam and Eve were sent out of the Garden of Eden. So the whole human race are now born with the sin nature because of what Adam and Eve had done. Now, this is just taking a look at how sin entered. Now, because God is exalted, because he's above all, because he's holy and he's righteous, he's omnipotent, he's omniscient, he's omnipresent, and he's eternal. He is the king over all the earth. He has to and he must judge sin because of his righteousness. Sin is an affront to God's very essence, to the essence of who he is. As I prepare for today's message, the Holy Spirit gave me the title for today's podcast, and it's His podcast. The title of today's A New Creation podcast is Sin Has a Sound. Now, this is a unique approach to how the Holy Spirit has instructed me to share what He's speaking today. And I'm going to ask you, The scripture that's found in the book of Revelation, chapter 2 and it's verse 7. And it says, he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. I'm asking those of you who are of the household of faith, have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to you. The Holy Spirit is speaking to you as his church. And for those of you who are not of the household of faith, I'm asking you to listen very carefully. Listen very deliberately and very intently to the message today because sin does indeed have a sound. And I want you to hear it the way the Holy Spirit gave it to me to share with you. What I mean by sin has a sound is that the Holy Spirit revealed to me that every time a sin is committed in the earth realm, God hears it. Remember, God's thoughts are not our thoughts, neither his ways our ways. And in Isaiah chapter 55, verse 89, I'm going to read the NIV version of the scripture. It reads, it really confirms this, and it reads, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Did you hear that? First of all, God is saying through Isaiah, his thoughts are not our thoughts. So we can't judge the way we think as the basis in the way God thinks. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And he says, neither are our ways, his ways, his ways are not like ours. He goes on to demonstrate to us and give us an example that, and he's declaring this, As the heavens are higher than the earth, which we know the heavens are above the earth, higher than the earth. So are his ways higher than our ways and his thoughts than our thoughts. So as the Holy Spirit is relaying this message to me, speaking about sin has a sound. He wants us to look at it from the vantage point and from the perspective of the Lord himself. Remember, the Lord is the most high God. He is high and lifted up on his throne and we are seated in heavenly places with him far above all principalities and powers and might and above every name that that is named both in this this world and the world to come. So we're to look at this and to look at and think about sin having a sound from God's perspective. You must hear today from a higher level. From your spirit man. From the Holy Spirit. Those of you who are the household of faith. The Holy Spirit that dwells within you. And hear with wisdom. Let's take a look at sin has a sound. At a scripture. That's an illustration of this. We're going to take a look in Genesis chapter 4. And I'm going to give you a little background on Genesis chapter 4. In Genesis chapter 4. Cain and Abel both brought an offering before the Lord. The Lord respected Abel's offering, but he did not respect Cain's offering. And when he didn't respect Cain's offering, Cain's countenance changed. It means his whole facial expression changed. And he frowned. He got angry. And God asked him, why is your countenance changing? If you do do well, won't you be accepted? But if you don't do well, Sin crouches at your door and it desires to have you, but you must rule over it. God mentioned to Cain about sin with that one account there. Now I want you to take a look at with all of that in mind. Let's take a look at Genesis chapter 4 and verse 10. Prior to this verse, God is asking Cain, where is his brother Abel? And he said, I don't know which is not the truth. And he says, am I my brother's keeper? And in Genesis chapter four, verse 10, the Lord is responding to Cain. It reads, this is God speaking. And he said, what have you done? He's asking Cain this question. He says, the voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. See, sin has a sound. I'll read that again. God says to Cain, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. You see, when Cain shed his brother Abel's blood, that blood shed on the ground, called out to the Lord for recompense or for God to avenge that murder, the murder of Abel. God heard the cry of Abel's blood and like I say hear me from the spirit God heard the cry of Abel's blood seeking reparation and God responded he responded to the blood of Abel crying out from the ground when he dealt with Cain He still dealt with Cain with grace, because he did not kill Cain. But instead, he told Cain that he would put a marking on him to assure that no one, that was his grace also, that no one would kill him for what he had done. Or for any other reason for that matter. But he did tell Cain that he had to leave from where he was. And he became a wanderer. And a vagabond, he never really had a place that he felt was his own. He was always wandering around, Cain was. And that was what God did to recompense Abel's murder. Talking about sin having a sound, which he heard. He heard the blood. Now let's take another look at sin having a sound. Now remember, sin impacts Every aspect of life on earth. As well as throughout eternity. Especially if one chooses to remain in it. And what I mean by that is. We have a choice whether or not we will live by God's law. A righteous life. The righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Or we can live by our own laws. Our own ways. The ways of the world. There's only two decisions. Either with the Lord or outside of him. Your own ways or for the enemy or for the world. And if you choose that, one chooses that and not choose life. Choose not to live for the Lord. Then throughout eternity, that will be your choice. Now remember, there's going to be a judgment. Two judgments that, are, that will take place. That human beings will be a part of. That's the white throne room of judgment. Where unbelievers, those who never chose to, to, to believe Christ or never chose Christ. The unbelievers will be on the white throne room of judgment. We will be on the beamer seat. We will be judged based on what we did in this life. And there will be rewards for those who did those things that were pleasing to the Lord. And there will be those things that will be burned that won't be considered. So there will be a judgment. Hebrews 9, 27 says, It's appointed unto man once to die, and after this, the judgment. So we all have a decision to make, talking about sin and its repercussions throughout eternity. Now let's take a look at another scripture speaking about sin having a sound. Sin has a sound. It's Genesis chapter 18 And verse 20, and I'm going to read the New King James Version of the Scripture, and it reads, And the Lord said, Because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grave, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry against it that has come to me. And if not, I will know. I read both verses 20 and 21. The first verse, verse 20 says, and the Lord said, because the outcry, remember, sin has a sound. There was an outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah, and it was great. I even looked up the word great in the Hebrew, strong concordance in the Hebrew, and it meant much, many, great. So there were, the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah were many. And it said, because, because the sin is very great, the sin itself was very grave being committed in Sodom. That's why God said he was going to go down. And so that he would see what was going on. And what happened in that account of the scripture, it was the Lord Himself and two angels who had come down. And they spoke with actually the Lord spoke with Abraham. And Abraham interceded on behalf of Sodom. He actually did, and he interceded, and he asked the Lord if there were 10. He started He started with a pretty high number, and he went down to 10, and he asked the Lord if he found 10 righteous people in Sodom, would he not destroy it? And he said, if I found 10 righteous, I won't destroy it. But he did not find 10 righteous people in Sodom. The point is, sin has a sound. The outcry of Sodom. Now, it was different from the outcry of Abel, because God said, "The your, your brother's blood, the voice of your brother's blood cries out to me." In this instance, it doesn't say who's crying out. The outcry against Sodom is not saying who who's outcry against Sodom, but it's great. Now remember, the Holy Spirit gave me this 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 understanding. Remember when Adam and Eve, when the fall, when Adam and Eve fell, when they ate of the fruit. All of creation also failed as a result, suffered as a result. Here in the case of Sodom, justice itself, creation itself is crying out against it. Talking about sin has a sound. And God not only hears the cries of people, but he hears the cries of creation. If there are such things happening in a place that creation itself cries out, And even there's, there was some studying that I did that said even some of the people of Sodom could have possibly been the ones crying out. Whenever there's injustice, whenever there's lawlessness in the land, that means the breaking of God's law, there will be a response. And in this case, justice itself crying out for justice. And God went down and the outcry of Sodom and Gomorrah is a cry for justice to be done. Because what was going on in those cities. Talking about sin has a sound. The outcry of Sodom and Gomorrah. Is a cry for justice. As I said earlier. And also with Sodom and Gomorrah. Remember. Lot. Abraham's nephew was in Sodom. And and God sent the angels down there because. Because. Of Lot and his family. In Second Peter chapter two, verses two through s- verses six through eight, it speaks of the circumstances in Sodom and the circumstances that Lot was under. And it reads, and "I'm going to read the NIV version of it, the New International Version of the Scripture." It reads, and this is is speaking in terms of God. It says, "If He condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah," by burning them to ashes and made them an example of what is going to happen to the ungodly. And if he rescued Lot, a righteous man, who was distressed by the depraved conduct of the lawless, for that righteous man, living among them day after day, was tormented in his righteous soul by the lawless deed he saw and heard. When sin is being played out, when sin is abounding in this particular matter, those who are of the household of faith, those who are in relationship with the Lord, are impacted by sin. Not only does sin have a sound, but it has an impact. It says here that Lot, a righteous man, was distressed by the depraved conduct of the lawless. And also he was, de- he was distressed over not only the conduct, but also what he heard, what he saw, and what he heard. It's important for us, those of us who are the household of faith, not to get comfortable with sin, not to to look the other way with sin. Lot got out. God's grace, God's mercy on Lot, and also on Abraham, the covenant he had with Abraham, he was gracious enough to pull Lot and his family from that place. And we want to be in a place in God Where if we're in a place that's similar to a Sodom and Gomorrah or even worse than it was, it is or was. We want to be in a relationship with God where he will have mercy on us as he did Lot. Jesus Christ, the righteous, is our advocate with the Father. And he's the one who has paid the price for our sins. And we thank God for him. Yes, sin has a sound. But we believe in the Lord Jesus. And we know that, as it says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 24, it says, You have come to Jesus who arranged the new covenant and the sprinkled blood that promises much better things than does the blood of Abel. And that's because Jesus himself, by his shed blood on Calvary, paid the price of sin of all of mankind, past, present, and future. I lift up those on this call today who don't know the Lord. God, I say a special prayer for them. And I ask each person on this line to examine themselves, whether they be in the faith, If they don't have a relationship with the Lord Jesus, I pray that they pray after me. Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus died for my sin on Calvary. I believe, God, that even now that he will forgive me of my sins. Jesus, please come into my heart and forgive me of my sins. I believe, God, that you raised Jesus from the dead. And I know if I open up my heart and sup with Jesus and Jesus with me, that I will be saved. Amen and amen. Thank you for joining me today for today's A New Creation Podcast. I pray that you heard something today that will bless your life richly. Also, I also can be found in Google Podcasts. So look for Phyllis's, that's P-H-Y-L-L-I-S, apostrophe S, A New A-N-E-W, Creation, C-R-E-A-T-I-O-N, Podcast. And you can look me up and you can actually subscribe for those of you who have your Android phones in Google Podcast. Have a wonderful day and God bless all of you.